the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, March the 30th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On March 30, 1981, President Ronald Reagan was shot and seriously injured outside of Washington, D.C. Hotel. He was shot by John Hinckley, Jr. Three others were also wounded. I remember a number of things about that incident. We sort of stopped America for a few moments when we heard the news. I remember that once in the hospital and after surgery, Ronald Reagan walked to the end of the hall and there was a window there and they opened it. He was two or three stories up in the hospital, as I recall, and they had microphones there and they they asked him how he felt. And he said, well, he said, I'm glad there were some Republican doctors that operated on me or something to that effect. Everybody on both sides of the aisle had a laugh. That doesn't happen much anymore. Today in 1822, Florida became a United States territory. Today in 1842, Dr. Crawford Long of Jefferson, Georgia, he uh, he used ether as an anesthetic during an operation to remove a patient's neck tumor. It was the first time ether had been used uh, for those purposes. Today in 1867, U.S. Secretary of State William Seward, he reached an agreement with Russia to purchase the territory of Alaska for $7.2 million dollars. His critics mocked him. They called they called the deal Seward's Folly. $7.2 million is what's in probably one oil storage tank, small one, in Alaska, and there's thousands of them. And there's probably millions, if not trillions, of dollars in just resources in the state. It was hardly a folly. Today in 1870... The 15th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which prohibited denying citizens the right to vote and hold office on the basis of race, that was declared in effect. And today in 2010, President Barack Obama signed a single measure making the government the primary lender for student loans by cutting banks out of the process. And today in 2020, Florida authorities arrested a megachurch pastor after they said he held two Sunday services with hundreds of people in attendance in violation of Fauci's coronavirus restrictions. The charges were later dropped. You talk about a violation of the Constitution of the United States. Boy, we saw it during that pandemic. Never thought I'd see anything like that in our beloved country, but we did. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he, <clears throat> excuse me, and who is he that will harm you? If ye be followers of that which is good. Obviously, the following is to be of the Lord himself, and the deeds that we do are to be Good deeds, not bad deeds. 
But of course, our eternal life is not does not come to us, not imparted to us by our good deeds. It's through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it's what we do with Christ. If we accept him as our Savior and ask him to forgive us of our sins, we are born again. We are cleansed from our unrighteousness. We are seen, we are justified, we are seen by God as though we never sinned. And you and I know we have. But he blots that out because Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, paid the price for my sins and your sins. And when we accept him as our Savior, our sins are forgiven eternally. God says he buries them in the deepest sea. He forgets about them. He doesn't know them. He purposely takes them out of his mind. That's what righteousness is all about. It's not something we accrue through our lifetime. It's something that Jesus Christ Jesus Christ attained through his death and resurrection. In Deuteronomy, Moses writes, The eternal God is thy refuge. Underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them, the enemies. I know that's tough talk, but that's God's word. And that's what he says. Franklin Graham wrote in uh, on the, on the uh, social media yesterday, I think it was Facebook. He said, we're surrounded by evil in this world. And that's what we saw walk into the Nashville Elementary School yesterday. Evil. He was talking about Monday's lethal school shooting that left six dead. He said the evil certainly isn't in the weapon, but it was in the heart and mind of the one who came to kill and destroy. That is so true. Franklin is always on the money. It's exactly what happened. But wouldn't you know that Jim Wallace the leader of the left, the so-called religious left, he and Tony Campala and several others. And I got to be honest with you, I have some real issues with these people because they were trying their PR agencies and everybody was trying to get them on my television program when I did the daily TV show from 1978 to 1990. It was on a number of network stations around the country. And they were always calling my office and trying to get on my TV show. So finally I conceded and Tony Campalo came out and we had him in the studio and he was briefed by my producer before we went on the air, but he got on the air and it was, it was taped. It wasn't live. And um, he went on the air and he started off with all this leftist doctrine and, and on and on and on. And I made a decision while we were taping that TV show that I was not going to embarrass him in front of a crew that were not Christians it was a network affiliate station. It was the news crew. And I wasn't going to embarrass him in front of that, but I was never going to air that show. And when he got through with his espousing of his leftist, so-called religious, biblical views, the crew who were not Christians, the floor directors, the cameraman, the director, all these guys, they came up to me afterwards. They said, man, Gary, you're not going to air that show, are you? I said, absolutely not. They were they were relieved, and they weren't even Christians. They said, man, that stuff's not right. Anyway, 
Jim Wallace was on NBC yesterday, MSNBC, on the readout. And uh, he said the Republicans are worshiping guns and literally sacrificing our children. He's the great leader of the left. Wallace said, I'm quoting him, Here is a moral fact. The leading cause of death right now for our children and teenagers are guns. Leading cause. No, it's not. Now, let's stop right there. Yesterday, on on the commentary that I do on the ACN uh, radio stations, and I do this one-minute commentary, and it plays throughout the day, and some of you listening on ACN stations would have heard this. The rest of you probably didn't hear it. But if you look closely... Joe Biden, President Biden has been saying this too, that guns are the number one killers of kids. No, they're not, except when they skew the way they do the measurement. So we looked into it, and some others have as well. But if you look closely at the CDC and the reports, you'll find that they have very quietly changed the age of children, quote unquote. What is a child? And they have changed it now to include 18 and even 19-year-olds. And they did that so that they could get enough numbers to say that guns are the number one killer of children. But they're not. They have always used the measurement of 0 to 17 years old as the the age for quote-unquote children. So... When you include the 18 to 19-year-olds, you get a skewed number because it doesn't compare properly and fairly with previous numbers. And so until their recent report, children were always aged 0 to 17. Using that standard measurement, 2,281 children died from firearms-related incidents in the last measurement period while 2,503 children died from motor vehicle accidents in the last measurement period, which was 2020. They haven't reported since then. So they're either grossly uninformed, and I'm nobody, and I know that, so boy, they sure should know that, especially the President of the United States. But he he apparently doesn't, or they don't care. I think it's probably the latter. They just want to make their point, and they found a number somewhere. But that isn't true. Guns are a problem, of course. So are swords and pointed sticks and slingshots. And I mean, people get killed by all kinds of weapons. Franklin Graham is absolutely right. We don't have a gun problem. We have a sin problem. We have a broken problem in America. And that's what's happening. So anyway, Wallace is on there and he says, here is a moral fact. The leading it may be a moral fact, but it's not statistically correct. He's either lying to the public on NBC and they're facilitating it, or he's uninformed. He said it's the leading cause of death right now for our children and teenagers are guns. Leading cause, he emphasized. He said here is a moral conclusion from that moral fact: we are not protecting our children. If it was a website or poison food or some website, I'm quoting him verbatim. We would take care of it, but the Republicans say there's nothing we can do. He continued. This is Jim Wallace, the leader of the religious left. He said, there was an ancient god called Molech. Leviticus talks about Molech, who was a god who children were sacrificed to in flames. And the Bible was very tough on Molech. I'm quoting Jim Wallace, continuing to quote him. Guns are our new Molech. Guns are the Molech we are sacrificing our children to, Molech, 
when we could do easy, common-sense things. Then Wallace added, quote, This is Antichrist. This is anti-gospel and anti-Christ. So this is a false worship we are confronting here. We have to confront it theologically and not just politically. And the, ho- and the host on the program, Joy Reed, said, Amen. Wallace continued and he concluded, quote, Politicians could do something if they want to. What is behind that? What is behind that is they are worshiping a false god, and they are literally sacrificing all of our children. He just end of quote. He just made a case for abortion, which he silently and now sometimes audibly supports, and he certainly supports the LGBTQ agenda. He rips the pages out of the Bible that talks about God condemning that kind of behavior, and then he stands pompously before, I don't know, how many viewers does MSNBC have? A dozen or or whatever? I don't know. No, it's more than that. I don't know how many they have. But he stands before their audience, and they amen him, and he tells lies. That's a lie. Moloch, if, if Moloch is to be compared to anything in our culture today, Moloch is to be compared to Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, which has been brought to its knees by clear-thinking Supreme Court justices, thankfully, and faithful people across America who have stood in front of Planned Parenthood places and prayed for years on end, sometimes in the rain and the snow. That bothers me. I can't tell you how that affects me. When a guy with his influence... He has several million followers, stands up and quotes the Bible and calls guns and equal to Moloch when the abortion industry is what's killing our children and sacrificing our children. That's what Moloch was about. People brought their parents there and put them as a big iron kind of a statue with folded arms in front and they would lay their babies in there under this hyper-hot fire and burn their babies because they didn't they didn't want them and they were sacrificing them to the fertility god or the the um, some other several other gods that's what Molech was about he knows better than that he's been around for a while he's read some of the bible at least but that's what's so kind of messing with the minds of america today We're hearing different messages from the Bible, and we need to be true in preaching the Bible. If we're going to talk about the Bible, we need to be honest. Jim Wallace is not honest. He misleads people. He's not honest with the Bible, and he's not honest with the people that he speaks to. And neither are some of the others in his leftist, so-called leftist religion community. Very bothersome. We live in a time today when everything is on the table as far as the future of our country, as far as the future of this generation. Virginia School District's new superintendent decided yesterday to remove 14 sexually explicit books from the school libraries, donate them to the county government public library system, he said, because because parents and community people are on committees and they decide 
what stays in the public library system. But he said, it's our responsibility. He said, my responsibility to see what's in the school library. So he jerked him out. And boy, that was not popular by some. He jerked out 14 so-called young adult novels removed from this Spotsylvania County public school in Virginia. As Superintendent Mark Taylor, he's been on the job since last November 1st. I want to just mention the names of these books that he jerked out of there because, man, they're bad. I mean, I, I, I could tell you what's in them, and I will. I'll, I'll touch on it just for a minute here. But some of it is so graphic, I, I, I wouldn't say it on the radio. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm all growing up now. I'm over 40, and it's kind of uncomfortable to even say it out loud. And these books are there for these little kids, and they've been purposely placed there. So these 14 young adult novels to be re- removed and have been now this morning are are All Boys Aren't Blue. That's a memoir manifesto by George Johnson. Like a Love Story. Number three is Dime by E.R. Frank. Number four is Sold in parentheses by Patricia McCormick. Number five is Out of Darkness by Ashley Hope Perez. Number six is Beloved by Toni Morrison. Number seven is America, in quotes, by E.R. Frank. <clears throat> Number eight is Looking for Alaska, by John Green. Number nine is The Perks of Being a Wallflower, Stephen Chowski. Number 10 is Water for Elephants, by Sarah Gruen, I think it is. Number 11 is Nathanderall Opens the Door to the Universe. You can imagine what that's about and beyond. Preston Norton wrote that. Number 12 is More Happy Than Not, Adam Silvera. And number 13 is The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Number 14 is 19 Minutes by Jody Picoult. All Boys Aren't Blue is a memoir. It's kind of a manifesto kind of thing. It includes a detailed scene in there in which the author, age 13, is molested. And there's all kinds of sex acts that are graphically displayed in this book. And this This author is 13 years old. Describes several other obscene sexual scenes. In the book Dime, it contains some explicit scenes describing statutory rape, prostitution of a 13-year-old who expresses joy at losing her virginity to her pimp, whom she calls Daddy. Why do you think someone believes that our children need to have access to that? At school? Why does this need to be placed in front of them at 13 years old or probably younger? I think most of us adults know why. There's a very disturbing trend in America today, and it's uncomfortable to talk about, and that's why most pastors aren't talking about it. But they need to search their heart, and they need to talk to God and let God speak to their hearts about what they say over the pulpit, because it does matter. And their silence is approval. It is. And America is headed for a disaster like we have not seen. Catastrophic, if we continue on this path. I'm not going to be around for another 50 years or 100 years, I don't think. Wouldn't be bad, though, but I'll tell you, I can see it. And there's sometimes when I 
I, I wish I could just sit down and have a cup of coffee with everybody around and just say, man, I don't know much, but here's what I know. And here's what the Bible says. Please, we've got to change this. We've got to reset ourselves spiritually. I'm so passionate about that because I'm a parent. I'm a preacher. And I'm, I live here like everybody else. This isn't working. It's destructive. And anyone with a brain can see that. And these people become so obsessed and possessed by this whole movement. It's unbelievable. And the front line is the public schools because they have most of our kids most of the time. There's been poll after poll after poll that has shown that your public school has far more access time-wise to your child than you do. It's statistically a fact. That's where we are. So these are not the best of times, but some feel they may be the worst of times. I'm concerned about it for sure. The progressive soldiers continue to march to separate children from their parents because that is part of the plan. While Washington State is on the cup cusp of passing a bill that removes parents from children, replacing the parents with quote-unquote alternative caregivers. Next door, Idaho has passed a bill that ensures parental rights are protected. You drive from Spokane for a few miles and you're in a, a whole new world as far as these issues go. It's no wonder that Idaho is inundated with people moving to the state the way in which each of these two states addresses the same issue is stunning. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Jay Inslee has, an, has a, a plan, and, and Mark Elias, and I'm going to get to him in a moment, uh, and a public servant in Washington. And Idaho has a very different view on these same issues. And they're passing laws that reflect their views. The Senate bill, as I said, is on the cusp of a House floor vote would allow homeless youth shelters to avoid notifying parents. I mentioned this yesterday. I've got to reemphasize it, though, today. Gender-affirming treatment, reproductive health services are, of course, code for mutilating the bodies of young dysphoric children. They need help. These kids need help. They don't need to be butchered over some greedy physician who wants to make another few thousand dollars or hundred thousands of dollars, whatever. This is a lucrative movement that's going on. Hospitals and doctors are making tons of money by mutilating these kids. What's the matter with us? Senator Marco Elias, he's a Democrat from Muckleteo, that's north of Seattle. He said he would, he, he's the, the, the father of this or the parent of this whole deal. I mean, he's sponsoring this, this bill. And he's talking about host homes to keep runaway children from their parents and legal guardians for the purpose of helping them access, quote, gender affirmation surgery or medical procedures. The bill cleared the Senate 27 to 19 on March the 1st, and it is now looking like it'll probably pass the House because there aren't enough Republicans or conservatives to stand up for our kids. The bill has continued to advance. As I said, it's there now. 
But Senator Elias, he seems more intent on placing children in affirming, quote-unquote, affirming homes than actually helping the confused child. Where does that lead your thinking? What kind of homes, affirming homes, does he want to put these kids in? He is a homosexual activist, also an elected official, a senator in Washington state. Under existing law, whenever a juvenile enters a licensed youth shelter, the organization must determine whether the parents are aware of their child's location and notify law enforcement of the Department of Children, Youth, Families, and so on. If the youth is 12 years old, or younger. The shelter must notify the parents within 24 to 72 hours. There are protocols in place. But all that is about to change with this bill, this policy, by adding an additional compelling reason, quote-unquote, for not notifying the parents. The compelling reasons have to do with gender-affirming treatment and reproductive health services. That means mutilating the bodies of little kids who think they're a different sex than how they were born, and it means abortion. That's what that means. That's code for that. Boy, I'll tell you. Lias and his cohorts, they never stop. They want more and more and more of this kind of destructive thinking. There's a whole long list of what this covers for these children. and I listed it in an article that I wrote today on our website, it's faithandfreedom.us. There's also links to some of the things I'm saying right now on this program. The people opposing this legislation are deeply concerned that the bill undermines parental rights. Well, of course they do. I'm deeply concerned. So you look at this and you wonder, how, how, does, how do these people put these forward and how do they get support for these kinds of things? I don't know. Except it's demonic. That's where we are today in our country. CBS TV2 affiliate in Boise, however, is is reporting this yesterday. House Bill 71 cleared the Idaho Senate floor on Monday, and the House approved the amendments on Tuesday, sending the bill to Governor Little's desk. The bill, well, it's also known as a gender-affirming care bill, but it's the opposite of what Washington is doing. The gender-affirming care is to put it squarely in the hands of the parents where it belongs and where God wants it to be. Are there those who oppose the bill? Of course there are. But they're not in the majority, and they're moving this bill forward. Is this the proper time for this kind of legislation, someone asked? A doctor whom they were interviewing said the answer from one of the physicians was that if the medical community was not going to police themselves or look at the studies of what was going on, that it was appropriate for this type of intervention. These bills that are passing in Idaho are an intervention to the craziness that's happening in Washington State. That's where we are in our culture today. No, they can't police themselves. They don't want to police themselves because they're making millions of dollars. Hospitals, well-known hospitals in America, Boston Children and others, have jumped into the deep end of the pool on this whole surgery matter related to kids who are gender dysphoric. These kids need help, but they're giving them quote-unquote affirmation while they mutilate their bodies and ruin their lives for the rest of their lives. I don't know if the governor will sign it or not. I would presume he will. But in one way, that bill lies on the desk of all of us. 
and we have to decide how we as individuals are going to respond to this. We certainly can pray, and we certainly can vote. And we must do that prayerfully and carefully and forcefully. We need changes in America. Thank you for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need it. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.